If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And what makes you happy? If you're an exercise professional like me, or you want to excite and inspire people to be healthy, fit, and strong, is there anything more rewarding? Is there anything more exciting? What could make you even more happy than... Thank you so much. You've helped me to become healthy, fit, and strong. It's been one of the the ultimate moments of my career path as an exercise professional when somebody says to me, thank you so much because of something that you've done or something that you've said or something that's, that's happened that's inspired me, I am now a healthy, fit, strong human being. And I always like to rattle off uh, with passion and enthusiasm, of course, uh, what being healthy, fit and strong does for us. So if somebody says to you, if I get healthy and if I get fit and if I get strong, what will happen? And I always like to start perhaps with the outside because a lot of people are focused on, will I look good? And of course you will. You'll have bright eyes, great skin, great hair, healthy uh, nails, great posture. Everything about the outside of your body will look better and will feel better. Just to touch, I like to say that when you're in the shower and you're soaping yourself, your body will feel tight and, and lovely to touch because a healthy, fit, strong body just looks and feels different on the outside. But what about the inside? Your brain, because you are healthy, fit and strong, will be full of neurotransmitting chemicals that make you feel good. Dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, oxytocin, brain-derived neurotropic factor, things that pharmaceutical companies are trying to make trying to synthesize into a pill, but when you're healthy, fit, and strong, when you exercise, you pump those into your brain automatically. So your chances of being depressed or anxious or having Alzheimer's or dementia or any kind of mental health challenge is almost zero. Uh, your, your brain's going to be then connected to your body, of course, and what does your brain control? Everything. So your central nervous system will be firing up your endocrine system, which means you'll be in control of your hormones rather than the other way around. You'll have strong muscles, strong bones, strong heart, strong lungs. Because you've got strong bones, you'll have a strong immune system because your immune system is built inside your bones. So your chances of getting sick, picking up germs, bugs, viruses, and diseases, even if you pick them up, you're going to get rid of them really quickly because your body can fight them. And I just love that. Inside my bones is a, a warrior that can attack any disease, germ, bug, or virus that hits my body. Uh, if I've got a fast metabolism because I've got strong muscles and bones because I've maintained them, I haven't let them rot away as I've gotten older, I'm going to be able to burn up calories, fat, carbohydrate, sugar, food, everything I put into my body will get burnt up so much quicker because I've got a faster metabolism. So as an exercise professional, if this is not exciting you to be one, you can see why I've always wanted to inspire people to be healthy, fit and strong because that's what exercise professionals do. We focus on exercise and we focus on getting people fit and strong. The challenge is, that's the really awesome part of doing this. The challenge is that even if you understand how the human body works and you understand how to get it fit and strong, how do you communicate that effectively to people so they actually want to do it? And we're not very good at it. Uh, as a human race, uh, if you have a look at the number of people that are really fit and healthy and strong versus the number of people that are unfit, weak, overweight, depressed, anxious, and their body has picked up a lot of those horrible diseases like coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, people who are obese, are those horrible diseases that happen because we're not healthy, fit, and strong. When you look at the balance, there's very few people who are really fit and strong 
compared to the people that are really struggling, struggling with their health. We have a worldwide medical pandemic of people who have one or more of those horrible diseases, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, obesity. Uh, there's some horrible cancers that the medical professionals have suggested we have them because we are unfit and because we're weak and because we've let our body become, uh, or, or we've let, let ourselves get out of shape. So uh, if we're going to communicate effectively to people how to get fit and how to get strong so I can get rid of those horrible diseases and be healthy, fit and strong for the rest of my life, what do I have to do? And one of the big challenges is when somebody says to you, or when they're, certainly when they've said to me, Rowie, please help me. I want to lose weight. I want to get healthy. I want to get strong. I want to get my body into great shape. It's a really awesome kick for your ego. It makes you feel good when people ask you a question. Uh, and if you know the answer, if you think you've got the response to, yes, I can help you lose weight, get fit, get your body into great shape, do all the things that you want to do, because that's what you specialize in, it's really easy to then just go, bang, here's what you need to do. On top of that, a lot of people will say, please tell me what to do. Just tell me what to eat and tell me how to exercise and I will do it. The challenge with all of that, and I've, I've learned this the hard way, so I'm hoping you can learn from my ridiculous, stupid, enormous mistakes, which is when somebody says to me, Rowie, can you please help me lose weight? Or what do I have to do to lose weight? What do I have to do to be healthy? What do I have to do to get my body or turn my body into a healthy, fit, strong, high-performing machine? I want to go, here's what you've got to do. Go. <laughs> What I don't know yet, though, is this unique individual person that's sitting in front of me, and they won't be sitting in front of me because I hate sitting. I'm a standing person, knowing that the human body works so much better in the upright position, and our brain works better in the upright position, and we exercise better in the upright position. I don't like to have people seated. But if somebody asks me the question, could you please help me get into great shape? Uh, I don't know enough about that person to be able to answer that question. And I'm going to challenge you that I don't think that you do either. Even if you think you've got the basic understanding of anatomy, physiology, exercise programming, skeletal system, muscular system, endocrine system, central nervous system, cardiovascular, respiratory system, digestive system, even if you think you understand how all of those work, is it possible that we don't understand this person, this unique individual person that's in front of me today do I know enough about them to be able to deliver information? And because I've made so many mistakes, please consider some of these things that if we get them wrong, we could turn this person off exercise for the rest of their life. We could turn them off us immediately. We could turn them off joining our health club or our or our boot camp or our exercise class. Or it's So many times I've said such stupid things in that initial chat with somebody that's turned them off forever. And I have to take responsibility for that. What I will um, share and what I'm really proud of is I hate making the same mistake twice. So I'm constantly learning and studying and trying to understand better how to communicate effectively so that the information we deliver to people uh, it, it, uh, gets into their headspace in a way that they actually want to take it on board. So how do you do that? And the exercise specialists tend not to be the communication specialists. So if we're going to have a look at how people communicate effectively, should we study 
behavioral science? Should we, be, should we study epidemiology? Should we study psychology? Should we study how to be a superb communicator? And that's one of the things about the Max program that I'm really proud of as the owner and the founder of the Max International Colleges. Uh, yes, you've got to know how to get people fit and yes, you've got to know how to get them strong, but could it be really important to understand the communication process? So there's a big thing when somebody asks you a question, it's a big ego boost to be able to say, yes, I know the answer to that question and we start preaching and teaching and telling and motivating and, and it can work. And it has worked for me for some people because I'm a really passionate person full of enthusiasm and excitement for exercise. And I could talk, 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 and maybe some of the things that I say will hit people and will make a change in their life. But I don't want to be a maybe and I don't want to be a, a hope or eventually or if I, if I say enough things, maybe this person will take what I've got to say on board. How about this? If we understand everything that we possibly can about the individual that's in front of us, are we more likely to be able to help them? So the first one, it's an ego boost when somebody says, please, can you help me? The next one, of course, is when somebody says, I don't care, uh, what uh, I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. And if you haven't experienced that already, you will at some stage. Somebody will say to you, just tell me what to eat and tell me how to exercise and I'll do everything that you tell me to do. Well, of course, there's a big challenge with that. Because even if they think that you are the guru, you're the ultimate person to give them advice. And that's what it feels like, doesn't it? It feels like this person trusts me so much and my ego just goes, because they want me to tell them what to eat and how to exercise. And I can do that because I've got all that information. But is it possible that at some stage in the future, somebody might come along who has as much enthusiasm as you or more. They might have more education than you. They might have more medical degrees than you. They might have more ripped abdominals than you. They might have a tighter butt than you have. They might have more years of experience than you have. And this person that believed you as their guru is now or now has changed to another guru. We now live in a world where social media experts, there's millions of them. If you Google lose weight or get into great shape or put on muscle size or have a tight butt or have ripped abdominals, there's literally millions of pieces of information and millions of people delivering that information. So why would people believe you? And is it possible that I don't know enough about anybody to be able to give them information? unless I ask all about the person. So instead of telling people what to do, what if we ask people these beautiful questions that will give us much more information about how we can help somebody? So I'm going to give you one of my favorites to start with. When somebody says to me, just tell me what to eat and tell me how to exercise, I always ask this question. When you're a little kid, there came a time at some stage in your life, and I'm, I don't know what age it was, I think for me it was about five or six, when my mum or dad would say, you need to eat this, and I'd say, I don't want to eat that, I don't like it. Or I want to eat something, and my parents would say, no, you can't have that. Uh, I would want to go to bed or not go to bed, and my parents would say, no, this is bedtime. And there came a time when I rebelled against that a little bit because I wanted to go to bed when I wanted to go to bed. There was a time when our parents told us what to wear, but when when did you or how old were you when you decided, nope, I don't want to wear the clothes that my mum tells me or my dad tells me to wear, I want to choose my own clothes. 
When did we decide that we we're going to be adults? I'm going to choose what I eat. I'm going to choose what I wear. I'm going to choose when I exercise. I'm going to choose when I go to bed. I'm going to choose what I like to read. I'm going to choose the music that I want to listen to. They're called adult decisions, but I'm, I'm thinking that for some of us, they came quite early. Well, I always share with my clients very passionately and openly, I'm not going to be your mum and I'm not going to be your dad. I'm never going to tell you what to do or when to do it or how much of it you should do. I believe you're an adult. How about we work out together what's going to be the best way for you to get healthy, to get fit, to get strong, to achieve all the goals that you've shared with me, but we're on the same team here. I don't know your body better than you do. You know how your body works. If I tell you what to eat, what if you don't like it? Why would you waste calories on food that you don't like? If I tell you how to exercise, what if that's an exercise that you don't like to do? What if it's a time that doesn't suit you? What if it's a something that you've hated in the past? How about we work out together what's going to be the best thing for you to do to achieve the goals that you want to achieve? I'm on your team. Whether I'm the coach or the ball boy or the orange girl, I don't care. I'm on your team and I'm 100% in. This is one of my favorite uh, commitments to my clients. If you're 100% committed, I'm 100% committed. If you're only 95% committed, I'm 100% out. Because I want to make sure that you achieve your goals. I want us to work together to make sure that this happens. So let's work out from from the beginning what's going to work best for you. So there's two parts to this. If I ask these questions, is it possible that I'm going to find out about this beautiful, unique individual person that's in front of me? So I want to find out specifically what the person wants to do right now. What's their immediate goal? What's the next goal? Because of course, as an exercise professional, I'm going to help somebody achieve that first goal. And wouldn't it be good if we were confident about it? Yes, I can help you lose weight, of course. Yes, I can help you get fit. Yes, I can help you uh, get fitter and stronger so that you can jump higher, kick further, run faster for your sport. Yes, we can do that for you. But after we do that, what's the next goal? Because if I want to build a long-term relationship with somebody, shouldn't I want to, yes, help them now, but what about what's the next thing that you want to do and then what is long-term? And I always ask this question, as you know, whatever it is that you want to achieve now, what about when you're 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 years plus? How do you want to live your life and what kind of quality of life do you want to have for the rest of your life? So fabulous at 50, sexy at 60, sensational at 70, awesome at 80, never give up at 90, happy and healthy at 100 plus. What do you want to do? So what do you want now? What do you want next? And what do you want in the future? And wouldn't it be nice to know that so we can make a long-term plan for this person? Should we know the reasons why somebody wants to do something? If somebody says to you, I want to lose weight, and we just go bang and start talking, we actually don't know the background and understand the emotional reasons why the person's put on weight in the first place. And I want to make sure that they never put weight back on again. Again, it's one of my favorite expressions. Let's help you lose weight and never find it again. So tell me why this is important to you. Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to get stronger? Why do you want to get fitter? Why is it important for you to win the grand final? 
Why do you want to do a bodybuilding competition? Why do you want to climb that mountain? Why do you want to do this? And is it possible that the more whys we have from somebody, the more likely they are to want to actually do it because they'll have a driving force rather than me trying to motivate and inspire them. Because if I know the reasons why, I can use those reasons to motivate and inspire. Should I be able to create a picture for this person to be able to see themselves achieving the goal? Which is why I always ask the question, tell me where, describe for me, when you weigh yourself or you try an article of clothing on or you're in the shower and you can feel that your body feels good, where will that be? Tell me which shower in your house will it be? Which article of clothing are you going to try on? Which mirror are you going to stand in front of? If it's a competition, where will it be? And what time of the day will it be? And what will you be wearing? And how many people will be there? If I create a picture and I can see it, and then my client can see themselves achieving the goal, is it more likely that they will achieve the goal? And there's a really important reason for asking that question, because is it possible that we don't think in words? (laughs) We all think in pictures, yeah? And I think that's really exciting because we think in pictures so we can see ourselves achieving We can see ourselves doing it. We can actually see it in color, bright, brilliant, beautiful color. So I can get people to write down what they want to achieve and I can can tell myself uh, this is what I want to achieve. But if I can see myself doing it, is it possible I am more likely to do it? So what do you want? Why do you want it? Where do you want it? And then, of course, specifically, when do you want it? Give me an exact day, date, and time. Is it possible that people are not going to achieve a goal if they can't, and I'll rephrase, hopefully, eventually, maybe sometime in the future, I'm going to achieve my goal versus on this exact day, date, and time? And I get excited about that because now I've got a tool that I can work with with my client so that when we're training, when we're exercising, when we're, we're pushing towards something, we're actually got a date that we want to achieve it by. And then, of course, once the person's achieved it, we then need to set another time frame. So what do you want? Why do you want it? Where do you want it? When do you want it? Then the emotional connection. How will you feel if you achieve it? How will you feel if you don't achieve it? Are you on track or off track to achieving it? It's a different headspace, yeah? People who are excited and motivated and, and self, uh, self-inspired self to do something are more likely to do it than somebody that needs me to help them with that stuff. So should I find that out? Are you on track or off track? Here's the really important question. If you were your own high-performance eating and exercise coach, what advice would you give yourself? And this is that beautiful question that will then tell you what and how, and what convictions, and what beliefs, and what opinions this person already has, so that I don't annoy them, I don't offend them, I don't make them angry, and I don't say stupid things. If somebody's a vegan vegetarian, they'll tell you. Because if you come in and say, well, if you want to lose weight, you have to eat a high-performance protein, which means you've got to eat red meat. Well, what if the person doesn't eat meat? What if they're a vegan vegetarian, yes, but what if they don't eat meat for religious reasons? I want to find all of that out before I start delivering information, don't you? So if you were your own high-performance eating and exercise coach, what advice would you give yourself? And listen really carefully to the answers because this person's going to tell you what they think they need to do. Now, this is where they might say, I don't care, I just want you to tell me what to eat and how to exercise. And again, my response to that is always, 
Your mum and dad at one stage told you what to eat. They told you when to go to bed. They told you what clothes to wear. They controlled your life. I'm not going to be your mum or your dad. I want to be your personal exercise coach. And we're going to work together to make sure that you achieve your goal. Which is the last question. What do you want me to do? As your personal exercise coach, as the person that's now on your team to help you achieve your goal, what exactly do you want from me so we can make it happen for you? So that beautiful series of questions, I know now a lot more about this person rather than just delivering information, rather than just having a big ego burst that says, oh, this person wants me to help them so I can tell them how to eat and tell them how to exercise. The next thing I want to do though, and I'm sure that you do too, is if I'm not there, if I move away, God forbid, if I die, if, if they move away, if something happens that we're not together anymore and I can't help this person anymore, will they have the tools, the knowledge, the insight, the wisdom to be able to work out for themselves what is an, a great exercise plan and what is a, a great eating plan rather than having somebody tell them what to do, which is that great expression, do you want to tell people what to think or do you want to help people to think for themselves? Do you want to tell people what to eat or do you want them to work it out for themselves? Do you want to tell people how to exercise or do you want to help them work it out for themselves? So whether you're there or not, they're always going to be able to do it. And that's a beautiful thing about coaching. Uh, There's no, and I actually don't think there are any coaches in the world who are better at a sport than than the athlete. Now, they might have been in the past, but a coach is not there to... Uh, play the game for you. The coach is not there to run onto the field for you. The coach is not there to stand on the stage for you. The coach is there to make sure that together as a team, we work we work together to help you achieve the goal. And that's what I want to be as a personal exercise coach. I want to be there for my client to make sure that they achieve their goal. How about you? So I want to be able to say, yes, together we're going to, we're going to work this out. And what the things that you you can't do or that you need help with or you need to be held accountable for, that's what I'm here for. But if I'm not here, I don't want that to be a reason that you stop or you, and I'll use an example. Uh, one of the things that was very, um, I will say frustrating for me uh, in the original part of my career when I very first started were people who said, well, if you can't be there, I'm not going to exercise. Uh That meant that if I went on holidays, for example, I felt guilty because if I wasn't there, my clients weren't going to exercise. Well, that's a bit like saying if I'm not there to help you brush your teeth, you won't brush your teeth. If I'm not there to help you have a shower, you won't have a shower. If I'm not there to cut up your food for you, then you won't have, you won't get clean, which is going back to that's what your parents used to do for you. Now that we're adults, I'm here to make sure you achieve your goal. But if I'm not here, are you self-motivated, self-inspired and still have the self-respect to make sure that you keep going towards your goal? So my special tool for helping people work out for themselves whether this eating plan or this exercise plan is going to work for them is a very simple process called the Smarties Principle. And you may have heard me share it before. I use it every single time I talk to somebody because I don't want to tell people what to do. I want them to be able to work it out for themselves. So the Smarties Principle is an acronym for these words. S-M-A-R-T-I-E-S, which stands for something I can stick to for the rest of my life. 
Is it in moderation? Is it achievable? Is it realistic? Is it time efficient? Is it interesting? Is it enjoyable? And is it something I can stick to for the rest of my life based on common sense and or science? And I think I like common sense better than science because the science disagrees all the time. And that's the big reason why I never want to tell anybody how to eat or how to exercise. Because every doesn't matter what you pick, unless you go to the basic fundamentals of anatomy, which are not argued, most everything else is argued. So as I always use as an example, there are cardiologists that will tell people to be vegan vegetarians, and there are cardiologists with the same university degrees, the same professorship, the same 50 years of experience, they'll tell people you need to be a carnivore. So a cardiologist, one will say, or a group of them will say, you need to be vegan vegetarian, and one will say you need to be a, a carnivore, only eat meat. There are people who suggest that you should eat three, four, five times a day. Top medical professionals suggest that to have a fast metabolism, you should eat three, four, five times a day. And there are top level medical professionals who study metabolism, who study how the human body works, top exercise physiologists who will suggest you should only eat once a day. Some of them are talking about only eat every second day. So what is it? Do I eat three, four, five times a day or do I eat once a day, once every second day? They've got the same medical degrees. How do I work that out? So how much do I eat? There's a big argument on how many calories each person should eat. And there will be people who study your base metabolic rate and your metabolism and say you should eat this many calories every day. There are people who talk about what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, and then the actual what to eat in the macronutrient setup, so uh, carbohydrate, protein, and fat, there's a very specific percentage of those and a very specific, this is how many grams of carbohydrate, fat, protein you should eat every day. But the interesting thing there, again, is that there's arguments between the top professionals in the world that this percentage of fat, this percentage of carbohydrate, and this percentage of protein, and another person will say, hell no, it should be exactly the opposite to that. Or it might be you should have um, a certain number of grams of protein and a certain number of grams of fat and grams of carbohydrate. And there are people who eat two, three, four, five times more than that, and they're still healthy, fit, and strong. So I'm sharing all of that with you because if I ask my client, let's pick something that you can stick to, Smarties. Stick to for the rest of your life. It's in moderation for you, it's achievable for you, it's realistic for you, it's time efficient for you, it's interesting and enjoyable for you, and it's based on common sense, and let's pick the science that works best for you. So do you think that the science to be a carnivore is better than this, this the science to be a vegan vegetarian, or are you somewhere in between? Does it suit your lifestyle to eat once a day, twice a day, three times a day, or five times a day, or does it suit you to eat every second day, which is going to, which is going to fit best with your lifestyle uh, do you want to uh, the body needs carbohydrate protein and fat they're called mac macronutrients for a reason but tell me the foods that you love to eat and we're always going to include those in your healthy eating plan because if I say to somebody you can't have mustn't have don't have shouldn't have and it's their favorite food what might happen is it possible that they'll get angry with me because they can't have their favorite food is it possible if they eat their favorite food, they'll feel guilty because I told them that they can't have it? 
I don't want to create guilt. I don't want to create stress. I want people to enjoy their food so that they're mentally healthy, not just physically healthy. Uh, What don't you like to eat? Why would I give somebody food to eat that they don't like? Apart from the fact that they just don't like it, why would you waste calories on food that you don't even like? What do we need to do to make sure that your healthy eating plan and your healthy exercise plan gives you the results that you need based on your lifestyle, based on your ethical beliefs, your religious beliefs, your convictions about some people don't eat meat because they just love animals. So it doesn't matter what I say about protein coming, uh, uh, the complete protein that comes from animals, they're not interested in animals because they love them and they don't want to eat them. Who am I to argue with that? There are people who have religious beliefs about food that uh, they believe actually won't go to heaven or they'll go to hell if they eat that food. So I could say some ridiculous thing, and I have, and this is why this is so embarrassing, where I've said in the initial chat with them, you need to eat this, and it's against their religion. And I've never seen them again because I offended them at the beginning. So if you really want to be happy, and I've got to tell you that I get really happy. It's one of the most rewarding Uh, experiences of my life for somebody to say to me thank you Rowie I'm healthy I'm fit I'm strong I wake up with a stack of energy I'm performing at my best I love what I see in the mirror and I'm getting the results that I want from my eating and exercise plan isn't that the ultimate outcome of what we do for our clients thank you so much as my personal exercise coach, you've helped me now have a body that performs at its best. It's got a stack of energy. I love the way it looks and feels, and I'm getting the results that I want. Thank you. How could I possibly do that for somebody if I tell them what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, how many calories to eat, what percentage of macronutrients to eat, and what if all of those things don't fit in with their lifestyle? So they either never, ever exercise or, or train with me or want to be involved with me because I've just annoyed them at the start, or they've tried to do it and they can't do it. So because they can't do it, they feel like a failure, or they try and do it and they can't do it. So then they go and try and find another guru to help them. If I, and there's that, again, beautiful expression, I can give somebody a fish or I can teach them how to fish. And if I give them a fish, I will feed them for one meal. But if I teach them how to fish, they'll be able to eat for the rest of their life. And could that be a great philosophy as an exercise professional? Not what to eat and when to eat and how to eat and how much to eat. Not what exercise to do and how much exercise to do and when you should do it. But let's create a program of eating and exercise that fits into your lifestyle, that makes you have a stack of energy, perform at your best, You love what you see in the mirror and you get the results that you want from your eating and exercise plan. And how could I work any of that out for my client if I don't ask those questions? So if you want to be happy as an exercise professional, uh, even though the ego boost of, please can you tell me what to eat and please can you tell me how to exercise and I'll do exactly what you say, that ego boost is awesome in the short term. But what about the feeling that you'll get of satisfaction and reward when your client says to you, thank you so much. As my personal exercise coach, you have helped me now have a stack of energy. I'm performing at my best. I love the way I look and feel and I'm getting the results that I want. Thank you. Thank you.